hello, and welcome to the first episode of This Week in CLG of 2022. I've got two lovely guests here with me, Jonathan and Croissant, uh, and we've got a whole lot to talk about today in this amazing episode presented by Spectrum. I'm your host, Kevin, also known as PewPewU, former top 10 Smash player, all that good stuff, yada, yada, and now I'm just a corporate shill for CLG. Um, without further ado, these are our two guests. Jonathan, would you like to introduce yourself first? Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. Jonathan, the GM of CLG's LCS team. And Croissant? Sorry, there's some cheering going on in the facility. Not um, to worry. I'm Croissant. You guys may not have seen me before. Uh, before coming on as strategic coach for CLG, for LCS, I was over at Golden Guardians with John and Thomas, or Thinkard, um, where we made our Proving Grounds run for top three. And then before that, I went to Worlds with Team Liquid and was an LCS coach um, for the coaching staff of the split in 2020. So Perfect. Cool. And, and by the way, how long were you two working together at Golden Guardians? Only about half a year, because um, I joined in May. And I mean, the Proving Grounds went all the way until like late September, but we are still kind of both uh i wasn't really fully in off season until like november so but by then i guess john was already you know on his way so cool well happy to take you from golden guardians and and you know great team that we put together here so this is this week in clg as you all know going over a lot of the updates of things that happened previously in the last week in CLG, and we'll be later going over the things to look forward to in this week. Also, this is a pre-recorded episode. This is being recorded on the Lunar New Year. So uh, happy Lunar New Year to everyone out there. And uh, Croissant, are you, uh, do you celebrate Lunar New Year by any chance, you or your family? I do. I do. I'm probably going to jump onto a call with my sisters. So awesome. Um, yep. Okay, perfect. Cool. So quickly, just going over the things that happened in the last week in CLG, had a whole bunch of competitions, going to start with Apex, and we made a run in Super League, smashed the qualifier, went into the finals, ended up placing 12th. Good stuff to the boys. And in case you all don't know, Mamba is a recent addition to that team, and uh, they have just been killing it. So very proud of those three boys and as well as the coach Jake doing excellent work behind the scenes. Also, I know that there are a lot of melee heads who tune into this and I know Jonathan, you are also a melee head yourself. Um, but the whole LACS four, which is the Ludwig Ogren championship series uh, took place over this past weekend, as well as Gen assist, not to be confused with Genesis. Genesis is a fundraising event that was put on from the staff of five days of melee and actually they had reached out to clg to help fundraise in some capacity and uh it was great clg got around to committing 3k to the cause as well as throwing in some talent there for extra fundraising uh and it was just very great to kind of just meld my two worlds of of previously you know i spent so much time in smash and now working for CLG and it was just a lovely little marrying of the two paths. Um, so yeah, excellent stuff. PewFat also crushed their, their doubles show match if I do say so myself. 
Uh, CSGO Cash Cup number two. We are the champions once again. Two-time champions. Two out of two. Hoping to make it three out of three for the next one. And uh, keep supporting those CS girls because they're the best in the freaking world. And don't you ever forget it. Um, in addition, uh, we had a great uh, two weeks from our academy. And uh, this, this didn't necessarily happen last week. Also had a great uh, showing in our lock-in. Um, so yeah, that pretty much covers all the things that happened last week in CLG. And as we are talking about the LCS lock-in and LCS-related things, I'm going to go straight into the questions for our two lovely guests. And uh, so yeah, be ready, my friends. Uh, yeah, for, for the lock-in, had a good showing, had our full roster. Uh, you know, previously didn't have like a full roster going into the start of splits and things. And so uh, it feels good to just have things generally locked in. And I know not every other team is going to be at full strength uh, going into the, the lock-in as well as some season. And so, Jonathan, I, I have a question for you uh, just regarding, you know, from your stance as, as general manager, uh, how are LCS things shaping up, you know, not just for us, but also just for the, the general whole league? Yeah, so I think lock-in was a really cool experience for everyone to kind of get their their opportunity to just, you know, get their their season going. Obviously, for some, it was, you know, very much a true start to the season like it was for us. Uh, but for some other teams, they were fielding, you know, substitute rosters, entire academy rosters, kind of mixes in between. <clears throat> so I think it was just a really exciting opportunity for everyone to get some, some reps in. Um, I think for us specifically, it was a really good opportunity to kind of test ourselves against some of the other top teams. I think Group B ended up being one of the groups least affected by uh, all of the different kind of substitutions and visas stuff. Uh, so we were kind of given the opportunity to play a, in the pretty, uh, pretty heavy group. And then coming out of that, we, you know, we had a pretty close set against cloud nine. That was really great best of experience for us. So I think for us, it was a super awesome opportunity. And for the rest of the league, a cool little snapshot of not just, you know, what's to come with some of the top teams who managed to have their rosters here, but uh, also a cool little snapshot into what's going to, what you're going to see some of in the Academy league as some of those players kind of came up and had their little debuts throughout the lock-in experience for everybody. Yeah, for just sure. a quick word about that was that um, Group A actually had two out of five of like complete rosters coming in, um, but which was FlyQuest and Hundred Thieves. Uh, but Group B, which we played in, every single team had their full roster. At least Dignitas didn't have it for the entire group stage, but we played against their we played against River, um, so their full roster, starting roster, and then we just only team we didn't play with their starting roster was Team Liquid. Um, but Immortals had theirs, Evil Geniuses had theirs, and Team Liquid was, I think we played against the Hans-sama iteration with Ayla. So, yeah, I thought the group was pretty, like, a lot of, we got to try some cool things, and it was great. Cool. And so, Krasan, a question for you on that. Um, obviously, you can't take everything, um, you can't take the results of, of lock-in too seriously, right, going into LCS, but... Um, it's still, I imagine, a really good glimpse of, of styles and, and how things are going to go. So how, how deeply are you looking into that in terms of strategy going into week one of LCS? Yeah, so definitely it was, we maybe had a, a week and a half of scrims before we actually went straight into like the first couple of games of Lock-In. And then between weeks, we were just trying new things and experimenting. Um, and we also got a best of three practice, which was really awesome. Like a lot of, I've worked on a lot of LCS teams in the past where 
before lock-in existed. Like you don't get any of best of practice until playoffs. Um, and so I would say that we were not, our expectations for lock-in were to see how our handles, our players handle um, different pressure, how they can play different styles and adjust to like uh, kind of the drafting plans that other teams have coming into those games. And I think we got a lot of good information, not on just ourselves, but also on other teams and how uh, that's going to help us like tackle the regular season, try to get all the wins that we need so that we can get into playoffs. So um, yeah, that's definitely our goal at the moment. And I think lock-in was really good prep for us on that sense. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And, and just a question since I'm, you know, not deep into the league things when it comes to like scrim culture and whatnot, uh, scrims with other teams are typically just one match, right? I, I don't imagine you're playing best ofs during scrims with other teams. In scrims, we, uh, we do best, not, they're not best ofs and like, it obviously doesn't matter like, uh, the win loss of it, but other than like team morale or, um, but in general, we have five games in every scrim block, and um, sometimes you can have fewer or like more games, depending on like how long these games are individually, like what the review times are like for teams. But that's generally what we aim for. And in terms of scrim culture, what I can say is like obviously I can't reveal much, but um, it's been a it's been really cool, like just working with the players that we have. Uh, but there's a lot of room to grow for sure because we've had days where we've scrimmed against teams that went very deep into lock-in, right? And um, we would have a winning record against those teams. And then we've also had scrims against some of the lower end teams and gone 0-5 on those days. So that's something that th those are definitely the growing pains. Um, but it's like, that's one thing that uh, we had a bad string of scrims out leading up to some of the lock-in games and we still came up on stage and like performed and played really smoothly. And so it's just about like part of the year is like making sure that actually it's not that a lot of teams talk about how they want to play on stage the way that they do in scrims. But for us, we have players where we want them to play in practice that the way that they do on stage, um, because that's really like what a lot of the best teams try to do every uh, throughout a year where if you can play in scrims really disciplined you build the good habits you have more room to actually explore on like different strategies and really flex and like truly limit tests once you have the fundamentals down um, that's what we've been working on for the past couple of weeks and I think we're making really good progress in that sense awesome so another open-ended question here largely about like development of players uh, our academy team four zero. Uh, also, you know, I know it's just one game, but ended up beating Bjergsen in, in one of those games during the week. Um, what, what can you two say about just like the developmental process that's going on in, in our academy team? Yeah, I can speak to that a little bit. I think uh, it's been really just awesome uh, to having both Brandon and Brandon, uh, Jubes and Mash working with the players. Uh, I think they've been really having a, a really immediate impact on a lot of the guys. And obviously it's been a little tumultuous. Uh, obviously Triple's visa is not quite in yet. Jubes' is not quite in yet. So, you know, a lot of remote learning, a lot of kind of over Discord screen sharing, that kind of stuff. And uh, we've had RJS helping fill in scrim blocks while uh, Palafox came in to help with some of the matches. 
so, you know, it's for us been a super exciting experience to be able to have a lot of different kind of people and chefs in the kitchen kind of giving a bunch of different ideas and perspectives. And, uh, you know, in spite of that, we're still able to kind of put up the, the really awesome results, even though we're not necessarily getting to practice with the folks that we're starting with. Um, so I think it's just really a testament to the, the process and the culture that's being built. Like every time scrims are over, I see all of them hanging out, screen sharing their solo queue, you know, building really great team, you know, team morale and team atmosphere that, you know, I think that kind of stuff along with some great coaching uh, is really just kind of spring rocketed them forward to a really awesome start for the year. Yeah, I was just double checking and um, because I knew we were 7-1, but I wasn't sure exactly like how that shook out in a series sense. But I guess if you're 7-1, the only uh, possible series record is like we've won three series and we've tied one and they're all best of twos, right? And so we actually beat Bjergsen twice. Uh, so Palafox's total head-to-head -head record against Bjergsen is 2-0 in Academy, 1-0-1 one, one, uh, in LCS lock-in, but two to one so take that you know as you will the goat <laughs> versus uh bjergsen and then um <laughs> we have a two game margin over the second place team in academy so we uh we're seven and one then there's two teams that are five and three and then after that you got a bunch of teams at four and four etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think uh academy we i think uh, some people expected them to start fairly strong, but I don't think people expected them to start off this strong. Um, and it's definitely something that is like, you know, it's not going to be easy to sustain that because people think that when triple comes in, it's just going to be like a strict upgrade, right? But really like they're going to have to get, like triple is going to have to get time. His whole sleep schedule has been rough because he's been trying to like participate with this, uh, with scrims and even from Australia and everything. But echoing what John said, I was definitely really impressed with how uh, Mash and Juves, Brandon and Brandon were handling um, remote coaching because I've been in that position. It's not easy. And for a while, Mash was actually even remote. Um, I believe he came in maybe like a week ago and now he's finally on site, but they're still working uh, with Mash on that, uh, working remotely with Juves. And I, I'm really happy in general because like we've been able to set up a lot of 1v1s, 2v2s between our academy and our LCS. Um, we've done night blocks against them. And uh, as a coaching staff, I think one thing that uh, Thinkerard and I really wanted to do was have a constant flow of communication between the Academy staff and the LCS staff. Um, and so that dialogue has been really helpful. They've had a lot of great ideas and we've also been able to kind of chime in and give our thoughts on where we see the meta going, you know, how we want our Academy squad to develop. Um, and so I think we're really invested in how they're doing. We're really happy with like uh, how the Academy team is, um, you know, coming together so right on much appreciated uh yeah and i know you can't give up too much uh especially with this next question that i'm gonna ask but uh i know that poom and demonte were both previously with 100 thieves 100 thieves is a team that we're going to be playing this weekend in lcs as well as FlyQuest. um but you know i'm just wondering uh you know what kind of insights on like strategy or play style or or just win conditions or things like that do you think um poom and and demonte can can offer for this upcoming matchup i'm not sure how much you're allowed to give up but um you know if you can answer in any capacity so when you say demonte do you mean like um because demonte's our mid lane positional coach but right. luger luger poom played for 100 thieves academy ah, in 2021 okay. and then demonte Tanner played for them in spring, I believe. And then um, 
they had a few switch ups over there. But Tanner also actually played with Luger and Poom for a little bit. So that's a nice connection. Uh, Luger loves to talk about DeMonte Gap. Um, so <laughs> we have that as an advantage going into the 100 Thieves match. Um, I think 100 Thieves definitely showed weaknesses through Lockin. Um, there are things that, uh, you know, being in Group B before the quarterfinals even happened, we didn't expect Dignitas to 2 0 them. But I definitely thought that, like, uh, the way that river plays matches up well um, with hundred thieves and he showed up big for sure. Uh, but it's not just that it's also like how Dignitas, how Biofrost and like other pieces within Dignitas were actually able to um, be good role players alongside river going into the hundred thieves match. And so uh, all I can say strategy wise about the hundred thieves matches um Definitely expect them to come back stronger because they're kind of, you know, wearing, they want to shake off the shame of having been knocked out of Lockin so early. So they they probably want to come out and contend with uh, um, TL as being like, you know, top one, top two teams in the league. But we're just going to tackle them with the aggression that we know that our entire team can bring and uh, try to take that game um, and hopefully close out the week 2-0 because feeling pretty confident against FlyQuest as well. So. For sure. And, and I know as the reigning champs, uh, everyone's got a huge target on their back. And uh, you're saying, you know, a lot of times in that position, when you're coming in as the reigning champ, it's like you might not have a lot to play for, but, you know, they just had that uh, O2 series in lock-in. So I'm sure that they're also going to be bringing the fire and it should just be good games all around. Yeah. Yeah. And they shouldn't be like very rusty because they actually boot camped in Korea with uh t1 for a bit and so i don't know like you know how many scrims they were actually getting but they got to play in korean solo queue um they got to come back here and a lot of people were expecting most people expected them to take first and lock in um and come out strong so the fact that they weren't even in semis was definitely shocking um but yeah Mm -hmm. i i i continue to expect them to be strong going into regular season so uh, for the viewers at home, like uh, how how big of a difference is it being in Korean solo queue versus North American solo queue? Well, having played in Korea only once myself, but uh, in 2020, Worlds was in China. And actually, yeah, so I played in Korean solo queue that year as well, um, but also the Chinese super server. And I think Korean solo queue is just... There are still one tricks. People always talk about how there's like, you know, too many one tricks in North America, some in like Europe, but there, there's a lot of one tricks in Korea. But I think people just push the understanding of like um, laning, skirmishing, just team fighting all together, even if like the overall macro isn't super like that's actually you don't practically play solo queue to work on macro most of the time. Right. So I think people just learn a lot about uh, limit testing and Christian Palafox, he he went over to Korea, I believe, twice, once towards once after the summer split of 2021 and also once in between spring and summer. And I think um, that first time between spring and summer, he hit like top. Uh, I don't want to like misquote, be misquoted because or like say something that's not correct. But I know that he probably hit like around top. 50 to top uh, yeah, just around there. Right. And in Korean solo queue. And then when he went back this past uh, uh, off season, he also got pretty high up there playing like champions that he's not actually, you know, 
expanding his pool and everything. So it's definitely a very useful experience, but going to Korea doesn't just mean that like, obviously they went to Korea, came back to NA, got slapped. So something went wrong and something about their practice regiment, like going to Korean solo queue is also a good way to get also can often lead to getting burnt out. And so it's all about understanding, sure. you know, what you're getting out of, um, the experience is something that definitely we at CLG, like, uh, you know, whether it's between spring and summer or whether it's in the future off seasons, that's something that I'm really looking forward to because I think all of our players would benefit a lot from it. And that's something that, uh, you know, I, we expect to be able to help them a lot with uh, getting the most out of that kind of experience, especially with the positional coaching systems that we have. It's like, if, Tanner goes to Korea with Christian and Christian has someone really helping him and guiding his, like, you know, like we saw how far Christian could go, Palafox could go by himself in, in Korean solo queue. And it's like, if you have someone dedicated to helping you um, practice, helping you take Korean solo queue and also getting, you know, having somebody there. So you're not as lonely, just go out together, eat a little bit in yep. Seoul. Um, I definitely think that uh, we could, you know, Christian could, with his potential hit top 10 and Korean solo queue. Cool. So. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, solo queue is kind of legendary in, you know, like a uh, Korean solo queue is like legendary in, in North America. You know, everyone says like, everyone is so much better. Um, everyone has different opinions on that, but you know, just for the people I, I had to ask that question. Uh, so really quick, I'm going to go over uh, the things that are happening this week in CLG, we already touched base on a ton of them. But uh, before I let you go, I'm also going to be quizzing both of you on uh, some League of Legends related things. And funny enough, these are questions that we had asked our LCS team during media day. Uh, and that video is actually set to come out quite soon. Uh, but uh, I figured I would test you two and see if you two are up for the challenge for all that stuff after these updates. Um, so without further ado, we had already talked about our LCS games against FlyQuest and 100 Thieves, but uh, we also have some Academy games this week against FlyQuest and 100 Thieves. Gotta say, I really do love that uh, LCS and, and Academy are like, you know, having matchups between two of the same organizations in, in the same week. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath and it's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, in terms of Valorant stuff this week, we have VCT Game Changer qualifiers, which is happening, I believe, starting on Thursday all the way up until Sunday. And CS, we have our ESEA season beginning. And uh, the first match is going to be happening tonight, actually, which is going to be two days in the past, according to when this is uploaded uh, or streamed, rather. And the second match will be on Thursday, the day that this is streamed. Lastly, for Apex, we have Nerd Street Gamers Tournament and CCE. So best of luck to everyone. All right. It is trivia time, my friends. I believe, Jonathan, we, we have asked you a few of these questions before. Some of these are a little bit more difficult than others. And uh, so I, I'm going to actually start with, with Croissant. And um, I'm going to be testing a little bit of your League of Legends history. So, so first... Croissant, when did you start playing this game? This is not part of the quiz, and this oh, is wow. for our knowledge. I thought this was, yeah, I was like, that's not trivia. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really bad at trivia. I started playing um, season one, 
Mm. Season one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you too, Jonathan, right? Yeah, like basically like the tail end of season one, like <clears throat> September, October of 2011. Okay, cool. Yeah, me too. I think I think Garen had just come out when uh, when I started playing. So, and I, I definitely haven't kept up with it. Okay, Croissant, um, what is the name of the AP item commonly built by Burst Mages that had an active ability which dealt percent health damage? Death Fire Grasp. Okay, you're too nice with it. Okay. Okay, how about this? What is the name of the summoner spell that can globally reveal a small area on a map through fog of war? Okay. Okay, cool. Those, <laughs> those are the easy questions. Okay. Um, I'm going to, how about this one? This is a, this is a passive. Uh, which champion after casting an ability makes their next auto attack fire an additional auto attack? Lucian. Not bad. Not bad. Um, okay, this one's for you, Jonathan. Uh, clearly, Croissant is too good at this. Before we get into the hard questions, I'm going to ask you these. Uh, and this one's a bit of a mouthful, so, so stay with me. Which champion at every three hits deals a bonus damage and grants a shield? And when attacking, fires an additional attack that can be canceled for move speed? That's Akshan. You guys are some nerds. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Only nerds play this game, unfortunately. So, actually, I don't know if John was there, but we played this uh, one game at Golden Guardians one time where it was just like every oh, yeah. ultimate, every ultimate, and then you have to say which champion actually has that ultimate. And so some were like really obvious, like, um, like bullet time. Everyone knows that's yeah. Everyone, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh -huh. Curse of the Sad Mummy. I wonder who that is. Maybe Vagar, but. Um, <laughs> It, we, we we got like 148 out of like 150 or something and we oh my God. spent like we spent like 30 minutes trying to figure out the last two but yeah uh, which ones were the ones that you guys got wrong i don't actually it was like scion or something yeah yeah it was like it some was... random bruiser or tank couldn't actually remember okay okay then here's one here's one for you uh croissant and this is one that every single one of our lcs players that we asked got wrong so mm. let's see if you can outscore them on this. Which champion is called the Loose Cannon? Ah, oh, shit. I feel like I know this. It's definitely not Tristana. Can I have any sort of hint? Um, Jonathan, do you know this? I think this is the, one of the ones I guessed at Media Day. Okay, okay, then then you you cannot be his, yeah. his lifeline. Um let's see. Uh any kind of hint. I'm wondering how to give a hint here. Also, uh producer Sama, who who is not speaking, if you could help me out with uh with any kind of hint here, that that'd be lovely. Uh, but nothing's coming to mind. Um I'm gonna go ahead and not give you a hint, croissant. How about that? All right. And you have you have 15 seconds to answer this question. I'm just gonna say jinx, even though I know it's wrong. So is that wrong? I don't think that's wrong. Is I that actually right? yeah, you are right. You okay. you actually are right. I actually can't it's, believe that. It's because like mentally she's clearly a loose cannon, but like she just doesn't have a cannon, and it's like right. She, 
That's a Gatling gun and some I think rockets. Every, every LCS player that we asked had said Tristana. And so the fact that you started off by saying, like, well, it can't be Tristana. Yeah, because like, okay. her cannon is clearly not loose. She just seems very, yes. like, put together, right? Yes. So she, she would be the steady cannon. Okay, last one. Last one. This is for both of you. Don't, don't say it yet. I'm going to ask individually. Which champion is called the Storm's Fury? Okay, I remember this one from Media Day. I, I, I remember, think I know this, this. is one of the only ones I got wrong. Okay. And I, and I remembered I remembered which one it was. Right. So if Jonathan gets it wrong, I, I'm, I'm going to be impressed if Croissant gets this. So I'm just going to brainstorm here, right? Like, it okay. shouldn't be Kennen. He's not that angry. He's like a ninja, balance everything, right? Volibear is a leading option for me, but, like, he's a bear, and he has some lightning moves, but is he really the Storm's Fury? And the only other people I can think of are like Janna, etc. And I don't, it's not them. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to say Volibear. I could, I think longer, maybe it would help me. But last time I thought for forever and I couldn't think of anything other than Jinx. So Jonathan, what's the answer? The answer was Janna, wasn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> She's not upset. She's no, totally calm. See, that's, that's what I was funny. saying. You said Kenan, he's like, oh, he's so like well tempered. He's he's yeah. not he's not gonna be the Fury. I was like, oh, he's gonna get I was like wrong. I in terms of ranking, I was like uh Vola Bear, Janna, Kenan. <laughs> but like something about Janna made me feel like I probably read her description one time and was like, that's so stupid. She doesn't look furious at all, but yeah, she's the opposite <laughs> of Fury in my eyes. Cool. Well, well, that is gonna be it for for trivia things. And uh that is also gonna conclude our episode. So uh, any last like thoughts, last things that you want to tell the fans, you know, things that you want to wish the fans before we get into LCS and uh, I'll start with you, Croissant. Yeah, I just really um, thankful. I think a lot of the fan engagement, um, I'm, I'm a Redditor, so I, I do read like subreddit. I, oh, you um, poor soul. I, I, and I think, uh, you know, I'm happy that people care. Um, I think that's really important and um that's something that I had when I was on TL but on Golden Guardians like I don't think there's a subreddit or if there is it's pretty empty so it's kind of cool seeing fans engage I also you know try to read discord and stuff but um my goal is to be more active in the future uh and do this kind of content I think it's pretty fun um and all I would say is that I want CLG to be a team that fans love watching but also that players really love uh you know, players think of CLG when they think of like, where's the next step in my career, like even for Academy or for LCS. Um, and I think we're taking the steps to make that happen, uh, regardless of, you know, what 2020 or 2021 would have might, what might've been like, we're trying to return to those, those golden eras. And so that's it for me. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Jonathan, you got anything to say? Yeah, I think Chris covered a lot of it. Um, obviously a lot of what we're doing this year is trying to put CLG back on track and kind of make CLG a place that players not only are happy to play at, but actively want to play at, uh, you know, either for Academy LCS or any game outside of league of legends, like that, that's kind of like a huge goal for us. So, uh, you know, obviously amazing to see that there's fans out there that have not lost the, the kind of passion for CLG as a team, especially in, in the LCS. So, you know, glad for those folks to stick around and hopefully we can bring, you know, a few, a few who have kind of wandered off back into the fold as we, we head into this uh, LCS season. So hopefully everyone's super excited. I think this could be one of the most uh, exciting splits for, for not just CLG, but for, for, you know, every org in the LCS. Absolutely. 
yeah, one thing we can say about CLG fans, onlookers, yada, yada, extremely, extremely passionate and opinionated folk. And I am a super fan myself. Uh, and so you can, you can take it from me. Uh, thank you guys so much for making the time and, and showing up here and speaking your mind about all this stuff and uh, best of luck out there on the, on the war front this weekend, wishing you all the best. And uh, it's just going to be some, some great games. So thank you all for watching. Uh, as I said, I'm Kevin. Glad you all could get a look behind the scenes and uh, we will see you next week or in two weeks from now. Uh, this has been This Week in CLG, and you can catch all the episodes wherever you watch your podcasts, yada, yada. And yeah, take care, everyone.